Hey Trojan fans, it's time to get into the huddle with the Peristyle Podcast. The Peristyle Podcast is your weekly ticket to USC football and recruiting news. Don't forget, you can download the podcast 24-7 at our website, peristylepodcast.com. And now, here's the host of the Peristyle Podcast, uscfootball.com publisher, Ryan Abraham. Hello, Trojan fans. Welcome to the Peristyle Podcast on a Sunday. Doing a little early, uh, Coach Harvey Hyde, who's our guest today. Follow him on Twitter, at Coach Harvey Hyde, is going to be traveling on Monday. So we said, well, why don't we just do it on Sunday, less than a week away from USC's opener in Dallas against Alabama. Everyone waiting for that. We've been waiting a long time. Talk about for years, actually, and and now here we are uh, on the verge of the college football season and the huge matchup between USC and Alabama. So we want to talk about that and answer all of your questions with the coach. If you have any questions for us, podcast at uscfootball.com. Or you can leave us voicemail a couple different ways. Call 641-715-3900, extension 816-646, or go to our website, peristylepodcast.com. Click on the left side of the page. You can leave a voicemail right from your computer or device. Uh, you can also... Download and subscribe to the Peristyle Podcast on iTunes, iTunes.com slash Peristyle Podcast. We're on Google Play. We're on Audio Boom. We're on Stitcher Radio. A lot of different ways to get a hold of us. We'd love if you give a review to any of those sites, uh, any of those services. Review our podcast. Subscribe to it so you can download it automatically to all your devices. And uh, we appreciate it. And let your friends know. you got some USC fans heading into the season they're excited about. Tell them about the, co- the coach. Tell them about me. Tell them about the Peristyle Podcast. Uh, all right. Well, let's, uh, that's our little intro that kind of get down now. Let's talk to the coach. What's up, coach? How are you? Everything's doing great, Ryan. I want to welcome everyone. It's game week and, uh, countdown. And I guess this weekend, the USC Trojan football team went through the procedures of a night in a hotel before the game, the meetings, and then the practice and all of the things that they'll be doing a week from, uh, this weekend down in Arlington for the big game. Yeah, it was a, a mock game week. And I think a lot of programs end up doing this now. And it, you know, coach, it's interesting because it's part of, uh, I guess the shortening of fall camps. Uh, they're not lasting up until like a week before the game. They're, you know, they're a couple weeks long. The, at least for USC and I know a lot of other programs too, the two a day factor has been really reduced. It's not two hard practices that they're trying to work you. One of those practices is a, a walkthrough sort of situation. You know, there's less hitting. Um, so by doing that, and I guess re- reducing what you do in fall camp, it sets up this mock game week sort of situation where USC practiced uh, all last week exactly like it would be for a game. Then on Saturday, they had a closed practice. So, um, we weren't, that was the only practice of, you know, camp that we were not allowed to see. And we actually didn't even know the location, uh, where they were practicing. So, you know, mimicking some sort of a game. And then Clay Helton spoke um, afterwards. But I want to kind of get your thoughts on that because it, it does seem like there's been a shift in college football away from, you know, beat everybody up in fall camp and work them real hard and stuff. It's kind of like more normal, I guess. And then it does give you this situation where you could at least run through a fake game week uh, preparing for what's going to be this coming week, which is the actual game week. Yes, you're exactly right. You want to practice everything before you have to do it for the real deal because there's a lot of things you find out yourself the way you do it during the week as far as practice and also the hotel and making sure they all know who their roommates are going to be on the road. And all this is done. 
so that when you do it next week, uh, it's not for the first time riding on the bus, going to practice, what you expect in practice, what type of practice it's going to be. And then you have a staff meeting over, did you like it? Was it too long? Was it too short? I need more time for kicking game, whatever. And, uh, yeah, you, you have to practice everything, man. You almost practice riding on the bus and riding on the plane. And do you have assigned seating on the plane? You know, I used to have that everywhere. I used to have a assigned seating on everything we did. Because it was easy to take role that way. You know, you don't want to leave anybody behind at practice or wherever you might be going. So if you know who's sitting in what seat, you just walk down the aisle, and if a seat is vacant, you know who's not there. So, And I like to put my players paired up with the same position who plays with them so that they can talk if they wish to talk about the game plan and the things they need to remember and know. During the trip, same thing with roommates as far as on the on the road. So these are all the different things you do practice so that you can make sure it's not for the first time. You understand uh, if you want them to be quiet on the bus. They understand if you wear headsets on the bus. I mean, you go through it all where you get all of this stuff straightened away before it's actually game day. If you want them to be quiet in the locker room before the game, are they going to be do what they want in the locker room before the game? You go through it all. You explain it all. Yeah, you go through the workouts, the early outs, back in the uh, locker room, back on the field, so you know exactly how much time you have. So it, these things, you can't practice too much on the things to be perfect, Brian. Yeah, no, and uh, they definitely needed to practice the game week, mostly because this is the first time, or in my opinion, you know, the first time Clay Helton's doing this where it's all his prep. It's not like he took over someone else's program. This is all him, his offseason and now what he wants done on game, you know, the week pre- leading up to a game and game day prep, uh, it's all his now. So it's good that they got a chance to kind of go through it, see what he expects, what's a little, you know, maybe little differences from maybe what Steve Sarkeesian did or what even he did last year at the end of the season when he was interim and then the permanent head coach. Now it's all his. So I think it's a good, good situation there. We'll see how it works this week when they, uh, prepare for Alabama. I wanted to thank our sponsor before we jump into all this, uh, Southern California tickets. SCTickets.com. You want to go to that Alabama game? You got a flight to Dallas? You got a buddy you can stay with or something there? Go give him a call. 1-800-888-7287. Meet up with a lot of other Trojan fans down there. Go to SCTickets.com. Or if you want tickets for anything else, um, they've been helping us out for years and they can help you out too. So tell them Coach Harvey Hyde sent you from the podcast and they'll appreciate that. Um, let's go to, let's get some questions, Coach. We have HS wrote in. He says, hi, guys. Great podcast. You do an excellent job at keeping us informed. So he has two questions. So I'll read you the first one. He said, I really think USC will stay close to Alabama. I'm just worried that into the second half, Alabama's big lines and big running backs will wear us down. Is Coach Helton preparing for this possibility? And if so, what's his strategy? Well, you know, you 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 figure that out. They're going to they're gonna do what they do best, and that's run the football. They're going to run right at what everybody's been talking about. And don't think they don't read all the same newspapers and follow uscfootball.com. You know, they, they follow all that and they read all of that and all the things that they're talking about at practice. And they listen to the interviews and they listen to Jackie Jones say he's going to win the Heisman Trophy before the Alabama game. And they, they put a lot of that stuff up. I'm, I can't believe that that even would be allowed to be in the newspaper. I mean, that's billboard stuff for the locker room. I mean, and then, uh, and they're going to do that. They're going to test the defensive line of, 
of uh, USC. They're going to run right at them, and they're going to see just how tough they really are. And they're going to say, now tackle it back to 235 pounds, not uh, Justin Davis, one of the smaller backs. He's going to be a more powerful type of runner, and they're going to set you up and try to keep the defense on the field and, uh, you know, ball control and run many plays and do everything that Alabama does, play a perfect football game. That's why the offense now has got to perform. And the offense has got to keep the defense off the field by allowing them to rest, have some rest. That cannot be three and out, three and out, three and out. cannot happen. So now you're going to find out that there's been a lot of discussion on how good the offensive line is at USC. We're going to find out just how good they are because now you're going to go against somebody who's going to hit you back. And have you been able to practice against that type of defense? And I think this is where you have to challenge your offensive linemen. And, and I think you've heard me say this many, many times that I'm going to tell them when the NFL scouts come in, they're not going to ask me for the Utah State game. They're going to ask me for the tape of the Alabama game because Alabama's going to have several first-round draft choices, and they want to see how you did against them. So you got to challenge them, and they've got to be ready to play and understand it's going to be something where they're going to hit you back, and they have a lot of pride down there, too. They won a lot of national championship games. This isn't just a big game for USC. It's a big game for them, too. So, uh, you know, you bring your lunch, and we bring our lunch, and we pound it out, and we see who makes the less mistakes. And obviously, you know they're going to run the ball, and USC's been talking about running the football. Well, if you can run the football against Alabama, then I would say you probably can run the football against anyone. So those are the challenges. And uh, you can't allow them to take the game away by holding the ball continuously, wearing you down, get ahead by a touchdown or two, and make you make mistakes to try to catch up. So I think that's what the philosophy of the game is going to be. They've been together as a staff. Uh, They have a new defensive coordinator, obviously but they're not going to do anything differently. And I would say they have the advantage as far as being together under the same program, same setup, same head coach, all of the above. But, you know, uh, Ryan, you probably saw it in the release too. Both teams, Alabama's won 14 straight opening games, and USC has won 17 opening games. So somewhere along the way here, one of these teams are going to lose an opener. But, man, I hope it's one of those type of games that you really play well, you don't embarrass yourself, you come back home, you're fired up to play the rest of the games, and hope you can meet them again if you lost, and hope you can meet them again if you won. Okay. That's a lot of openers, Coach, to, for both teams to win. So, yeah, something's got to give. We'll see. I didn't even realize that. I haven't read the release yet, so I'll check that out. Um he had one other question, Coach. He says, I think Coach Kiffin obviously knows our offense, and Alabama will be well-prepared for us. I really think we need to change things up and give them some wrinkles, i.e., use the tight end, wildcat plays, reverses, halfback option, etc. Do you think Coach Helton will be willing to take some chances and mix it up? Thanks and fight on, HS. Well, I think you have to establish your real game first. You have to... Uh, let people know those plays don't work. Trick plays don't work unless you establish your regular plays so that they really have to come up and stop what you're doing. They have to come up and stop running off tackle. They have to stop some of the things you're doing. Then all of a sudden, 
those trick plays will work. If you just think a trick play is going to come, you're going to pull it out of the bag and run all the time, it ain't going to work. You've got to keep them off balance now. You've got to run counters. You've got to be able to uh, go to the backside so the backside end isn't pursuing down the line of scrimmage. Max Brown's going to have to carry the football to hold the backside pursuit. He's going to have to do the right in there and keep the ball. Even if it only makes four yards, he's got to hold the backside. So, yeah, you've got to do things to keep the defense balanced and keep them off balance. But, again, you've got to do what you do. You can't trick people to win. You've got to be able to do what you do and do it well. And I think this is what they have to do defensively. I think this is what they have to do offensively and uh, special teams-wise. You got to get a great performance out of your special teams, but they will too. And uh, you got to make it a heavyweight championship fight, which I hope it is, and I hope it goes 12 rounds. I was going to say 15, but now they're 12 rounds. I hope it goes all 12 rounds, and it's a great fight. 12 round fight. All right, we'll see uh, September 3rd. Um, let's move on. Arthur has a question. He says, last year, I noticed that Max Turek was holding the nose of the football to snap it. Is this a new technique? Do you think that this is the reason so many snaps in the shotgun formation were too high or too low? Isn't the center supposed to spin it back to the quarterback in the shotgun? I realize that center is a very difficult position. Thank you. Arthur in the OC. He's a USC alumnus born and raised in Nashville. Well, I agree. We've spoken about this, Ryan. We even spoke about it on the practice field last, uh, I think it was Wednesday. We were out there and I was, we were talking about snapping drills, you and I, and, and, uh, I told you what I thought they should be doing as far as improving that. And I think that that, the snap is so important. It's like the battery of an engine. If that snap doesn't get back there properly with the right spin, so the quarterback has confidence it's going to be where it's going to be. He doesn't have to worry about his high or low or whatever it's going to be. Now you got a chance. Because if you have to worry about getting the snap, then everything else won't work. And right now that's been a problem USC has had. I don't know. I don't know. I'm not saying they don't work on it. They work on it. But they don't work on it enough with some hitting going on at the same time. So I hope they get that worked out. Because the snap, as far as what I see, is never consistent. It's got to be consistent, and they got to work on it. If you see it, and I see it, you see it, and our caller sees it, then they should see it. And these are the things you have to work on because these are the things that make a difference in a football game, third and one, and you get a bad snap, or whatever. So I, I think this is a big part of the game, and I hope they've had an opportunity to work on it. I haven't seen them do the individual drills like we discussed on the field. But somebody on the center's nose, every time they're snapping the ball or doing seven-on-seven, seven, they don't have a center up there doing that. They have managers tossing the ball back there perfectly with a spiral. So we hope, everybody hopes, you don't have problems with it in the game when you have a guy 320 pounds on your nose. Yeah, that changes things up a little bit, Coach. It is a difficult position. You're touching the ball on every play, and you got probably the biggest guy on defense facing uh looking down your throat every day every uh every snap so uh thanks for those questions let's go on to eric in duck country he says how does the game week practice or this game week practice compare to what other schools that preach toughness like stanford michigan and alabama do it sounds like there should be more days in full pads thanks for getting us through the off season can't wait for saturday eric 
in duck country? Well, uh, I think every week's preparation has got to be perfect. You don't change things. You don't prepare harder for one game than you do the other. Players and coaches, you get into a routine. I've always said I hate bye weeks because especially when you're successful, you want to keep the momentum. You want to keep the, uh, the spirit. You want to see your players. You don't want to have anything different in your daily procedures, weekly procedures. The only difference between this week opening game is you have more time to prepare. You only have basically three or four days during the regular season. So I think you have more days to prepare for your opening game. You have more time to watch past films, to watch uh, spring practice on TV that they show. You have more time to really break down their personnel and, and try to figure out what works best against them. They're not a fancy team. They're just a good, old-fashioned, solid football team. They do have wrinkles, though. Don't get me wrong. They like to move their formations around to take advantage of their skilled players. But they also have great, big offensive linemen, too, that are coached well and uh, give the quarterback a lot of time to pass the football. So it's going to be a real challenge for the defensive line and the defense to put pressure on the quarterback as they have a rookie starting. Who, who's going to be, they say, Bateman's going to spot, start or whoever. But this kid hurts, I'll tell you, Galen hurts, I'll tell you, I've seen him in some scrimmages in the fall, and this kid can scoot. And SC or USC has always had problems with a running quarterback, the freshman that came in, and he can really run around. So uh, you just have more time to prepare, but, when, but you keep everything the same. You've been thinking about this game more than you've been thinking about your second, third, or fourth game because it's been your off-season goal to open against Alabama. That's what you've been working for. So that's the only difference that I can see. All right, Coach. Uh, thanks for that one. Let's move on. We got uh, Sergeant Strong. Uh, he's in Fort Lewis with the U.S. Army. He says, how's it going, boys? Thanks for the hard work and reporting you do. Uh, all of us USC fan- fans around the nation, especially those of us stationed abroad, thank you. My question is this. Now that we have a depth chart and we know who's going to be playing, what and where, do you think our players stacked up against Alabama's will give us a real shot for a Trojan victory on September 3rd? And what does this team with the depth and talent we have remind you of from past years? Thanks for the info and looking forward to hopefully meeting you guys when you come up to the UW uh, game up in Seattle. That's Sergeant Strong, U.S. Army in Fort Lewis. Well, Sarge, uh, I think that what, Alabama has over USC is uh, more depth and more experience as far as at all positions, except quarterback like USC has. I think they have uh, more, uh, let's say, unity as far as being together longer. Look at the USC program. They've had, what, four head coaches? I mean, in a row, switching all the time. They haven't got into a pattern of understanding and knowing from each year who's coaching them or what the philosophy is going to be and the changes. That hurts you. They've had, they have great players. You've heard me say that all the time. I wouldn't change the personnel for USC with any other Pac-12 school. But you got to become a unit. You got to believe, and you got to, you know, uh, you know, bleed cardinal and gold. You got to have all of the things that uh, when you talk about playing the number one team in the country. Now let, let me tell you now, this isn't opening against somebody. This is the number one team in the country by all polls. They're the team everybody's saying that's going to be in the playoffs. They're the team that's 
what, won four national championships out of seven years. I mean, this is not just playing a football game. This is like playing the best college football team in the country your first game of the year. So you've got to remember, all of us, that the performance that you're going to see is going to be a performance against the best team in the country. So they have great athletes. You have great athletes, but they have a longer period of time of being together. So you've got to understand that, and that's the way Vegas looks at it. Same way, it's on a neutral field, but it really isn't a neutral field. It's, Alabama's been there in the AT&T Arena, what, two times over the last couple of years. Maybe last year they were there two times. All of these little things make such a big difference. So, you know, great players on both teams is great, but there's all the little things. This is a big challenge for both teams, but I'm sure it's a challenge for USC to find out how good we are. This is a test. Guys, if we can play with these guys, we can play with anybody. This is a confidence-building game. This is going to build your confidence up. This is a game you want to play well in. You want to be able to play well. So uh, that's the performance that USC has got to have against the best team in the country. So let's don't forget who they're playing. It's not just Alabama. It's the best team in the country, Ryan. The, yeah, the best team in the country, the best team of the last, you know, seven, eight years in college football. So it's a... Uh... This is not the ideal situation for a brand new head coach, I would say. Um, coach, I mean, that's, if you get a new, a, a job, your dream job, and you're taking over a program, and you basically get the hardest test possible, uh, for the very first game, yeah, it's a challenge and it's an opportunity, but man, that's a, it's a tough one. Ryan, I had that opportunity. I did the same thing. My first head coaching debut at UNLV was against BYU. That's when BYU was really, really good. Uh, Steve Young was the quarterback. Uh, Randall Cunningham was on our team, but I redshirted him. I, I thought I could redshirt him. I was trying to redshirt him because we had other quarterbacks. I didn't want to utilize my first year, his great talent, right away. And uh, we played at our stadium, and BYU came in there and beat us 27 to nothing. And Steve Young, you know, was unbelievable as he was. I don't, I don't know what they did. They went on and probably won every game 60 to nothing against everybody else. But later on, after they played other people, I saw we played it pretty good losing 27 to zip. That was my first game at UNLV. Like Clay is playing Alabama. And I'm not saying anybody's going to get beat at SC. You know, they're not going to lose, but I had that challenge with Steve Young and we found out how good we were and we were shut out. So we weren't good enough, but we went against somebody who really was good. And I went back. We had a bye the second week because we were on national TV. We opened early. And I opened up the quarterback position again. I said, we're going to We don't get shut out here. we got to score here. And I challenged the offense. I thought the defense played them really well. And that's when I, I told Randall, I said, Randall, if you continue to improve the way you can, you're going to be the starting quarterback against New Mexico. He said, are you serious? I said, yeah, I'm not going to redshirt And he was. The next week he threw for like, I don't know, four or 500 yards against New Mexico and Albuquerque. But you've got to play people that are good to find out what do we need to get better at? What aren't we very good at? And we weren't very good offensively. And we had to have something that made us score and help us become a better football team. 
So this is basically a great game for USC as far as finding out how good are we. Will we challenge Alabama? Will we be, will we be the nail or the hammer? And this is what it's all about. Certainly is, Coach. This is why we love college football, one of the many reasons. Um, let's go. Neil had a question. He said, do you guys think the defense will dominate this year, even against Alabama? It seems that they have the talent and the schemes to do it. Thanks, Neil in Manila. Well, you always hope they're going to dominate. I think a lot of it has to do with the success of the offense. As far as if they give them, a, give them a chance to stay off the field, you've heard me say this over and over and over, that the offense has to do its part. Remember, the best defense is an offense that never comes off the field. What has Stanford been winning with lately? Running 80 plays to their opponent's 40 plays or 50 plays. They never give it up. They just hold the football the whole game, and then what do they do? Play great defense. Play great defense. So when you get the ball, you're panicked, but you say, we're not going to get it back. These guys are going to get the ball back and hold it for another eight minutes. So, yeah, I hope that they can dominate, like Stanford defense has been dominating and Alabama's defense has been dominating. But you got to give them a rest. So it really comes back to the best defense is a productive offense, giving your defense good field position, moving the ball, not have creating turnovers, all of the above. So I think it comes down, can the offense be productive and hold the ball and move the football? Because when you do that, the other team doesn't have the ball, and it's hard to score without the ball unless you throw it to somebody and they run it in. So that's my feelings on that. Okay, one last one for you, Coach. Our buddy Dan, class of 1962, he says, when Los Angeles did not have an NFL team, USC, and to a lesser degree, UCLA, was the only football game in town. Now with the Rams in the Coliseum, they're getting the lion's share of football publicity. How will this affect the USC brand, uh, especially in regards to recruiting, especially given the fact that Larry Scott is making the Pac-12 on a whole more and more irrelevant with his ridiculous TV contracts and lack of NCAA um uh, what did you say? I'm sorry. Lack of uh, looking at the NCAA for USC in particular. The Coliseum renovation will also be key to the USC brand because it has been compared uh, with the new. It will be compared to the new Ram Stadium. Thanks for all you do, Dan Weber and Coach Hyde, as well as all of your guest commentators. Fight on, Dan, class of 1962. Dan, I, I how can the Rams help either FC or UCLA? They've been, they're a distraction to the crowd, to the fans. I don't know how many of you have been following the media. Well, all of you follow the media in Southern California. It's almost like the Rams have bought the Times and the local newspapers, and they haven't told anybody. The sports pages have been covered. Now, yeah, we have beat writers, and they get their limited number of words in the newspaper. I'm sure they're limited to how long their articles can be, and there will be more this week with the college football season opening up, especially if the Rams lose, you won't read as much. If you watched and read today's papers on a Sunday, you didn't hear much about the Rams today because they got beat. But if they keep winning, they're going to get the front page. They are going to get the front page because of dollars and money. But their uh, playing in the Coliseum is giving uh, 
USC an opportunity to get some money. They got new lights. There's some fringes and good things to go along with it, too. But whenever you have a team sharing your stadium, it's not good. You remember USC and UCLA used to play in your stadium. UCLA knew that they were the second team in the Coliseum. If you're, you're a guy that's been around that long. So they had to have their own, own identity. So they went to the Rose Bowl. <clears throat> Since they went to the Rose Bowl, that's their home field. They got their signs up. Their fans know that's their home stadium. Now, USC is sharing their home stadium. Whose home stadium is it? Is it USC's or it's the Los Angeles Rams? So you're going to be fighting that for a couple of years as far as whose venue is it. And I don't think it helps ticket opportunities for college football because people can only afford so much money. And there's only so much advertising dollars. So it'll hurt in corporate advertising. It'll hurt when there's another team. If the Chargers come to Los Angeles, and I don't think they will, or the Raiders either, because the Raiders would probably go to Vegas. At least I think they will. Uh, that would even take more away. But you've got the Clippers. You've got the Kings. You've got the Lakers. You've got the Rams. You've got the Dodgers. You've got the Angels. You've got the Ducks. Hey, not that we don't can't cover those venues, but the more you get, the less dollars and less revenue there is. Yet there are a lot of people here, and people can pay the ticket. So uh, winning solves everything, though. Let me tell you that. If USC wins, great attendance. If the Rams win, great attendance. Winning solves everything. So the name of the game is to win, and the fan base will be there. I agree with you, Coach, and it's kind of, you know, when I do a lot of radio interviews across the country for talking USC, they always end up asking about the Rams, and, you know, there's good things, uh, you know, putting money into the Coliseum, helping with the, you know, all that kind of stuff, but there's bad things, too. There's NFL rules about the how, you know, getting into the stadium. You know, I went to the Rams preseason game, and it's a lot tougher. There's metal detectors now. For USC, you're going to have the same kind of policy. There's the clear bag policy coming in new tailgating policy. So things have changed a little bit with the NFL uh, being there. And we've seen it impact uh, media coverage where people that were normally, maybe they'd check out a USC or UCLA practice twice a week or three times a week. Now they're going to the Rams three times a week and maybe they go to USC practice every other week. And it's just, you know, it's less coverage. Does that mean, you know, how much does that mean? I mean, I think it's important for the team. You want to generate some buzz and get more uh, coverage get more people to buy tickets and things like that. So it's it's definitely impacting things, but you know, it's kind of like a, a brand new restaurant or club or something coach opens up in Hollywood. I know you're always at the premieres of the new restaurants and clubs. Uh everyone's going there at first cuz there's a lot of hype around it, but if it stinks, you know, or after a while the the shine wears off, people kind of stop going. And I think that will be the same thing with the Rams. It's going to come back down to earth if the team isn't winning. Um, so I think that it's like most LA teams, you kind of have to win and, you know, the Lakers will, will still bring in people. USC will still bring in people. There's that tradition there for the Rams and a new team. It's, you know, it's been a while. You got the diehards that were here 21 years ago, rooting them on and they're trying to bring new fans though over and the new fans, I don't think will stick after a couple of years if the team isn't winning. So winning is, is all important in LA coach. It just seems the way it is here. No, it's exactly right. And, you know, people will pay $100 for parking or $120 for parking and, what is it, 15 or $16 for a beer and all this and that if you're winning. 
uh, you saw the first uh, two exhibition games, 90,000 at the first, 65-70 at the second, come from behind victories, which count. And, uh, again, it's sort of a novelty. It's like, uh, hey, uh, you know, let's go to a Ram game. Okay, you go to a Ram game, and you say, what did this cost me? And then you try to figure out, can you go to the SC game, too, and then a Laker game. So, uh, but they do a great job of marketing. They, they have every radio station, not every radio, but they got radio stations tied up. They got TV stations tied up. They got post-game, pre-game, during the week shows. Stations are talking about them all the time, part of the deal. And uh, I think people are starving for college football on the air, like Ryan, this show. People want to talk about college football. It's exciting. They love it. And uh, these shows will become more popular because the airways will be more crowded with professional athletic sports. And if you give me a moment, I'd like to tell people, too, that I will not be doing the pregame show. And I will not be doing Sunday morning show, if you listen to me. I will be on Wednesday at 7 p.m. on AM 830. That's K-L-A-A. Make sure you check me out. I'll be doing a, a recap and a pregame show for the next week's show. And it looks as though I'm almost, I don't want to say it yet, but it looks as though I'll be doing a postgame show on 7.20 a.m., a.m. 7.20 out of Vegas that goes to the 14 western states from 9.30 to 10 on Saturday evenings. Now, if they play on Thursday, I'm still going to be doing it on Saturday. So it's going to be a quick, uh, like, post game just to give you my immediate thoughts of the game because, Brian, as you know, I always tweet out what I thought of the quarter of the games, but now I'll have a chance to be able to talk about it a little bit since I don't have the Sunday morning opportunity. So thank you, Ryan, for allowing me to do that. Sure thing, Coach. Yeah, check them out uh, if you're in L.A. And I think they stream it on the web, too, but it's KLAAM830 here in Los Angeles, uh, Wednesday nights. Um, Coach is doing his own USC show, so check it out. I'm sure it's going to be good. Uh, All right. Well, thanks so much for tuning in to the Parasol Podcast. And thank you, Coach, for coming on, sharing your thoughts. I know you got a busy week ahead of you, so thanks for carving out some time for us. Bye, right, buddy. Thank you very, very much. I appreciate it. I appreciate all of our appreciate all of our callers and everything. And without you, we don't have a show. All I say is get out there, get it done. Look forward to great football this coming weekend. It can't be much better. And get excited. Get excited, people, because we've been waiting for this for a long time. So buckle up out there. All right. Thanks, Coach, and everyone else. Thank you for tuning in to the Peristyle Podcast. Hope you enjoyed the show, and we will talk to you next time. Tickets, tickets, tickets. SC Tickets is your concert, sports, and theater ticket source. We have the tickets you need to any event worldwide. Football tickets are now available. Call SC Tickets now at 1-800-888-7287. 1-800-888-7287. That's 1-800-888-7287. Or visit us on the web at sctickets.com. SC Tickets, concert, sports, and theater. You've been listening to the Peristyle Podcast, presented by uscfootball.com. Be sure to tune in next week for the latest news on Trojan football and recruiting. Don't forget, you can automatically download the podcast directly to your smartphone or tablet for free. Just click the iTunes link on peristylepodcast.com or search for Peristyle Podcast at the iTunes Music Store.